Hi, this is Steve Pallack. Let's turn over this record and play the B-side. I've got a feeling we've got a hidden gem on our hands. It's Season 5 of the Bait and Switch Podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. My name is Jim Martin, along with my co-host, as always, Chris Beyer. Happy Thanksgiving in advance, Jim. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Chris. We're two days away from Thanksgiving at recording time. For our listeners, it's probably a few months ago. We're probably coming up on Valentine's Day, maybe, or Martin Luther King Day or something like that. But happy Thanksgiving to them anyway. Yeah, you know, I I just talked to my girlfriend earlier tonight, Uh and she's going to come over and help me cook. And I don't exactly know what to do for Thanksgiving dinner. And so we're going to talk tomorrow about that. And Mm -hmm. when she said that she'll call me tomorrow and talk, I said, we'll talk turkey. So. Ah, clever. That's that's interesting because she's, uh, she's from uh, the Czech Republic, right? Slovakia. She's from, oh, sorry. Okay. I should start that over. You should, you should rewind it and and undo that one. Mm -hmm. She's from Slovakia, right? (laughs) Because, yes, he's from Slovakia. Yeah. And they, so, they have Turkey there too, I'd imagine. I, well, I don't know. I mean, do they even they even have they don't have Thanksgiving, probably? Uh they have you know probably similar holidays, but not no. ours. Yeah. I mean, they're probably grateful. Don't get me wrong. As a lot, they're ungrateful. Not her. She's very grateful. Okay, that's but good. Uh, yeah. that's why she emigrated sure. to the United States. She said they're ungrateful. I'm getting the hell out yeah, of here. They don't even have a Thanksgiving Day. You know, yeah. what, what is with this place? Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. So she's going to help me with the food. That's good. Enough of this turkey talk. So tonight, uh, this is the second half of our interview with our friend Steve here. And um, Steve is is talking to us about uh, his his running with the law and with uh, his his OWIs and his DUIs and his experiences with that. And in the first first half of the episode, we heard about about the actual. Um, uh, events, incidents, I guess. Um, and then, uh, the second half, we're going to get more into, uh, he actually spent time in jail. We're going to talk to him a little bit about that. But, um, so Steve, what I'd like to do kind of go through. Okay. So there was a first one, second one, third one, and you said you had six total. So, um, and we talked a little bit about how the, you know, the, the rules kind of changed for you as you, as you got more, um, more DUIs. But when did they start talking about jail time? Um, at the second one. Oh, second one already. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Can you just walk us through that progression? Like, were you in jail I, multiple times or, or how did that all go? Oh yeah. From the second to the sixth, I, I went to jail. Uh, okay. number five and number six, I actually went to state prison. Oh, okay. Uh huh. So wow. you were in prison each of those times, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth? Uh, second, third, and fourth, I was in, uh, jails. Mm-hmm. And fifth and sixth state prison. Okay. What's uh, the difference between a jail and a state prison? Got to tell you, prison is way easier than jail. Really? Yes. How is that? It's it's safer. It's quieter. When you're at, at county lockup, you're surrounded by a, a bunch of young kids who think that they're bad, and they're really not, but they think they are, and. They, they they create all sorts of noise and ruckus and and drama and it's it's all basically games to them you know once you get to be a little bit older you don't want to deal with those bs games yeah just send me straight to jail huh That's yeah. Just, yeah yeah so, I was, so ironically for those people that are going to jail for these early 
uh, DUIs. Later, it'll be better. Is what you're saying? Well, <laughs> I'm teasing, you know, honestly, but I, but, I, yeah. I told a buddy of mine once that uh, if he thinks he's going to get pinched for another drunk driving charge, to punch the cop and get sent to prison might be more worthwhile. Kind of goes against the cooperating thing we talked about earlier. A little <laughs> bit. <laughs> so what is the most physical jeopardy you were ever in, in jail or in prison? You know, I, I was never in any sort of danger. Luckily, I'm a pretty peaceful guy, but mm-hmm. I have a look to me. I'm a, I'm a big guy with a shaved head and a goatee, and I ride a Harley, and, and I drive a hearse. And a lot of people don't want to cross my path. So mm-hmm. I have that going for me. So they generally don't. Now, what they fail to realize is I'm probably one of the biggest wusses that there are. <laughs> and I'm not a fighter. And, but they, they just, they see, they see me and, and they don't mess with me. Did you adopt a, a tougher guy persona? No, no, I, I, I don't do that. I don't pass you like that. You right. mentioned smaller guys like Jim and myself here. Did the did the smaller, slighter guys get more hassle? From what I've seen, they really didn't. The reality is, at least in Wisconsin anyways, it's all pretty safe. Mm-hmm. Did you see anything while you're in one of those places where you know somebody got shivved or somebody got beat up or anything like that? No, the, what I did see in Milwaukee County Jail, I, I seen... Uh, I seen a couple of people die, um, but they did it to themselves. Hmm. Wow! Suicide, obviously. Yeah. They they hung themselves with the bed sheet or something. Or yep. Yep. Wow. And what I found interesting is there's really nothing to tie the bed sheet onto. So I have no idea how they did it. I wish I could have seen inside their cells to see what they did. Not because I wanted to try it myself, but yeah. just how the hell did you do that? Right. You know. Right. And this is a dark question, but. Uh, when that door closes behind you and you know you're going to be in there for a year, do you have dark thoughts? No. No. The reality is is I knew it was just a year. I knew that within a year I'd be out. I got a great life out here. I wanted so bad to get back to my life. I literally counted down the days. After about six months, I was counting down the hours. I had a list of people on the outside that I would call, and I would make at least two calls a day just to keep focused on the outside. And people after a while started asking me, so Steve, how many hours? And I would tell them because <laughs> I knew how many sure. hours. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's jail and, and prison. And we talked a little bit about the, the differences there in terms of uh, the environment. Uh, but yeah. what did they have you doing like during the day, like jail, uh, jail versus prison? Was there a difference there or what, what, what did you have going on during the day? Well, due to COVID, there wasn't much to do in uh, in jail at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have us locked down for 26 hours, and then uh, we'd be allowed to come out for uh, a couple hours here and a couple hours there into the day room. They had the pod split up into, into two different groups. You'd be locked down for 26 hours while the other group was allowed to come out into the day room occasionally here and there. And then they'd be locked down for 26 hours while you'd be allowed to come out here and there. That was tedious. I read, they only had like 10 books for this entire pod. Hmm. And wow. I read the same book over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, I was only there for a month. Then after that, I went over to the state prison system when they finally had a bed for me there. And uh, that was even worse 
I was locked down basically all day and all night for about three months. We were allowed out once a day for a 15-minute phone call. We were allowed to take a shower twice a week. And the shower would consist of seven minutes. It was, it was, you were allowed, I think it was a minute and a half to get undressed, uh, a minute to get dressed again, and then four and a half minutes to actually get wet, lather up, and rinse off. Hmm. Wow. And it was timed. They had an inmate standing there outside of the shower door with a stopwatch timing people. Hmm. Wow. Were they, uh, were the prison officials nice people, jerks? How was, how was your experience with the people? You know, they just have a job to do. They were always decent to me. The, the guards and even part of the administration, I, I wound up getting a job while I was there. I, I was the guy with the stopwatch outside of the shower <laughs> after a while. So doing that job, I also, I would, uh, assist with handing out the trays to the other in- inmates and I would, uh, run the laundry down to the laundry room and whatnot. And I got to know some of the administrators at that state facility and they're just people. It's, if you treat them with respect, they treat you with respect. You know, you hear about, oh, this screw is a hard ass and that screw is, is, is just a bitch. And the reality is they're people. They have a job to do and they would just want to, make their time there as easy as possible also. Sure, sure. Now, I was going to ask real quick, are those shower restrictions, is that be, was that because of COVID or was that just regular uh, the way they operated? That was because of COVID. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you have uh, roommates? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And mm-hmm. that was interesting. How many were in a, in a cell? Uh, two. Me and one other guy. Okay. Have you ever befriended anybody that you met in jail and, and hung out with them on the outside? No. What interesting stories are there about roommates? Well, my very first cellmate when I got up to Dodge was a uh, young Laotian guy. He was probably 18 or 19 years old. I rode in the van with him from Waukee County Jail up to Dodge Correctional. And in the van, he was banging his head against the side of the van. And then when we finally got there, he was complaining about having a headache. That'll do it. Yeah. And he he just made some really, really bad choices in life, far worse than any of my choices. I mean, at that point, I'm in the same boat with him. But I will tell you that his choices were far worse than mine. Um, <laughs> and then I got a second cellmate who was a... Uh, um, Oh, I forgot. I forget the word that he used. Pansexual. He was pansexual. Hmm. And I had no idea what that even meant. And then he explained it to me. And unfortunately, he explained it to me many, many times. And I just didn't want to hear about it. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So So what kind of people uh, or like, I guess, what kind of crimes were uh, involved with these other people? You know, what did they do? Like, it ranged from this all the way up to this, you know? Like, what level? I, I, I saw everything from murderers all the way down. I, I hmm. While I was in there, once I became a swamper, which is the guy that, that stands outside the showers with the stopwatch, mm-hmm. once I became a swamper, I, uh, I got to know everybody that was in that particular unit and I mean, I was in there with, with, with murderers, drug dealers, thieves, 
you name it. Do people in there want to talk about why they're in there and do they protest their innocence a lot? Oh, man, I was the only guilty party that I met. <laughs> I, re- I remember when I was still in the, still in the, still in the county jail, I was sitting at a table during one of those few times that we were let out of our cage, and I was talking to a, a group of guys, and and they're talking. To, each one was telling me why they're innocent, and finally, I just started laughing. I said, "Dudes, I'm the only guilty ever here." You know, <laughs> I, I yeah. said, I, I, "I did it. I, I blew point oh four. The law was point oh two for me." I did it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. But that's like uh, Shawshank Redemption, right? They, they say, like, yep, everybody in here is innocent. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's right. Yep. Did anybody convince you of their innocence? Was there anybody you think got a raw deal? No, no. I, I would have to be really gullible to believe that. The reality is, is I do believe that there are innocent people that go to jail. I have a good friend who's incarcerated down in Arizona, and I believe that uh, that in her situation, she should not be where she's at. But that's one of the few and far between. You know, I'd have to be really gullible. I will tell you that everybody that I met while I was while I was away on my little vacation, they deserved what they got. Some of them deserved far more than what they got. Mm, yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's. Uh, did you ever meet anybody that you might have seen like, oh, that's that guy from the news, or any stories like you heard about these pre- people? Of course. Yeah. Really. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Is there an inmate that that you met that we might know? Um, probably. <laughs> I can't. I I got to tell you, I can't remember any names at the moment. Sure. sure I'm, sure. I'm terrible with names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me a, another year, and I won't remember Rittenhouse's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what about the food? How's the food there? Um, county jail it makes Alpo look good. The, the The food in Milwaukee County Jail is absolutely terrible. Um, I, I think I'd rather lick my dog's butt. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, and actually, at the state level, it's not it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you once you make it to prison, it's pretty. It's it's once, edible. Once you make it, once you yeah. make it to prison. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. A lot of inspirational inspirational talk here. You know, right, right. Get yeah. through that jail, make it to prison. What yeah. about variety? Is it, uh, something different once a week, or do they have the same thing every day? Or no, there there's some variety at the state level, at the county level, not so much. And I think yeah. you said that over this last year, you lost a bunch of weight. Is that in part due to the the food selection? No, I mean, you can order stuff off a canteen and really, I've, I've, most of the people when they get out are heavier than when they go in. I lost oh. weight on purpose. Mm, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I set out to lose weight. I lost 95 pounds and, wow. and I was wow. on a mission. I, I started walking once. So after I left Dodge, I went to another prison right here in Milwaukee. Milwaukee has one, two, Four state prisons. Most people don't realize that, but there are mm-hmm. four state prisons in Milwaukee, and I went to one of them. And this place had a walking track, and the COVID restrictions weren't as severe as they were in Dodge. So I started walking, and then I started jogging, and I actually got myself to the point where I was uh, walking five miles a day and jogging another another five. That's how I lost the weight. Oh, that's fantastic. 
All right. Uh, yeah. Did, did they give you more showers in this place? Yeah. I mean, I was able to shower every day if I wanted. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because twice a week uh, with yeah. 10 miles every day, that'd be a tough one. Wait, but you oh, were the swamper, yeah. though. Hold on, hold on. You were the guy who who had the stopwatch, so you could just there's a free for all for you, right? Once I once I inherited the stopwatch, <laughs> I could shower every day up there. Okay, so it's kind of like one of the perks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Does, doesn't sound too that too far uh, off of uh, basic training, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> you know, you mentioned the word uh, canteen. I knew somebody yes. that went to the county jail in Franklin, and they wanted me to donate to the canteen, and I've heard through that and through other mechanisms that they run up a lot of bills on these prisoners, whether it be phone calls or food is, is there a little bit of a racket going on in terms of putting prisoners in debt? Oh, without a doubt. Um, I was fortunate that I had money in the bank and I was able to take care of all of my own bills. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, what, what they charge for items on canteen, whether it be the state or the county level, is outrageous. I mean, you can buy a uh, bag of chips that costs 75 cents out in the real world off a canteen for two and a quarter. Phone calls are absolutely insane. For me to call home would be like three or four dollars. At the state level, it's way better, but it's still, it's like six cents a minute. Wow. It's so weird to talk about phone calls uh, per minute now. You know what I mean? Because we don't have any of that anymore with cell phones and everything. Like there's no long right. distance fees or anything like that. You know, you just call whoever you want. What about yeah. sentencing discrepancies racially? Uh, is uh, the prison uh, is the prison system heavily African-American? It is. It is. But with that thought in mind, look at who does the crimes, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, the African-Americans have a disadvantage because of them basically being kept down, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they don't get the same education that white people get. And without the education, you don't learn how to support yourself or your families doing legitimate things. You, you, you learn how to live the street life. Do the groups segregate themselves in jail? Nah, nah, <laughs> no, you don't see that too much in Wisconsin, in Wisconsin anyways. I mean, I've, Heard that they do that more in uh, Arizona and California and, and other states. I hear Illinois is real bad for that. Mm. Um, but in Wisconsin, uh, I mean, it, it, it's you're all mixed in, and they seem to just accept you for you, no matter what color you are. Yeah, you know, what I, what I mean, and maybe you just answered it, is do the groups self segregate? Do is yeah, do people, and, and that's what I mean. Is, is is I mean, I hung up with with all races when I was in there. And I saw that mm-hmm. everybody hung up with everybody. Okay. Some people, you don't like personality wise, you don't hang out with them, but that normally doesn't have much to do with race. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Do you see anything like, um, but you know, th- there's a lot of times these guys are in the system so long. How hard is it for them to get reacclimated? I mean, maybe you don't know that maybe you do. I don't know, but um, just out of curiosity. You know, for, for people that serve long-term sentences, it, it's, it's, uh, that is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in my case, it was a year. And sure. during that year, we had COVID. So everybody's basically in their own little prison, mm-hmm. you know? So <laughs> for, for me, it, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but, but I, I mean, yeah, that, that is a real thing for some people.
sure. without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Were the toughest guys in there the ones that were in for the most serious crimes? Was that generally the case? No, the toughest guys in there are usually the drug dealers. Mm-hmm. And they have to be for their occupation. Oftentimes, yeah. the people that are in there for the most long term, you know, I, I was in with a guy who uh, who uh, uh, got drunk and killed his wife, beat her to death. And he was actually a very nice, decent guy. I don't think I'd want to meet him when he's drinking, but right. he was a he was a pretty decent guy, sober. Wow. Uh, did anybody sneak anything in? Was there anything brought in from the outside? All the time. Okay. Yeah. Mainly through visitors? Well, for the most part, we didn't have visitors. It was through guards. Oh, really? Huh. Really? Interesting. Yeah, they, they didn't have visitors for most of the time that I was away because of, again, COVID. Um, mm-hmm. And why would they do this? I mean, obviously, they're getting some type of money from somebody, huh? Yeah, I, I don't know all the details. Yeah. Are we talking about, like, marijuana and things like that? Marijuana, pills, cigarettes. Occasionally, uh, you'd you'd hear about a knife or something. Um, <laughs> the last place I was at, it was really easy for people to get stuff um, smuggled in. They didn't even have to go to the guards for that. They would just, I mean, the place was right down on 12th and Vleet. You could drive up, walk up to the fence, and throw it over the fence. You know? Jeez. Wow. Hmm. That would like candy bars. Just spring some chocolate, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm fine. yeah. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what these people want. Yeah. 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 Chocolate bars. That's what I've heard they barter for in prison. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. well, well steve i want to thank you for coming on our show uh, these are very interesting very interesting topic i'm sure for a lot of people you know what goes on in in, in jail and and uh what are some of the myths and what are some of the things that are reality so a very interesting uh conversation i want to thank you for being very frank with us no problem and let me tell you what you see on tv is all a lie it's not like that yeah, you see Shawshank Redemption. It's not like that. It's not? You see the uh, movies. See? No, no, it's not. Yeah. yeah. It's not. Is, it, is it just much more plain than that? Is that, is that what I'm yeah. guessing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. imagine the, the biggest problem is boredom, right? Oh, God, yeah. 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 Yep, we'll wrap things up here tonight. Thanks again, Steve, for being on our show. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Well, thanks we, for having me. Yeah, we really right. appreciate you taking the time. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast when we talk with author Paul Hoffman about his book, Murder in Wauwatosa. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.